far as trying to make it somewhere, stay consistent. Don't stop. You know, progress is progress. If you're moving forward, uh, whether it's by little steps or you're you're making big moves, great. Mm-hmm. It's still progress. Hey, it's your girl Brianna Cherie, and you're about to listen to another episode of All in the Fam. It is episode three of season two. Y'all, we are plugging and chugging along. This feels great. So if this is your first time listening to All in the Fam, I just want to say welcome. And I hope that you become a part of the family at the end of this episode. So let's get to it. Now, growing up as an adult, I realized a lot of us have not been shown how to handle certain situations. We basically just have to figure it out as we go along. But you know what? That stops here. Personally, I think the world and life would be a little bit better if someone just gave us more insight on adulting. So that's why Kamari and I, Kamari is the content director of this podcast, we thought it would be a great idea to put y'all up on game and make season two all about adulting. Hence the title of the season, Adulting 101. So if you didn't catch the last two episodes, make sure you go check that out. Now, today's episode is all about mixing passion with professionalism. You know, this is the first episode of a three-part series within season two. I know it sounds like a lot, but this three-part series is basically where I talk and pick the brains of three young professionals. These three young professionals just happen to be good friends of mine. I'll be talking to Diane Pedro, Johanna Gaudet, and Camille Fairbairn, and they will unpack what they are passionate about and how they mix that with professionalism and also the trials and tribulations with that. So let's see what Diane has to say today. All right, Diane, welcome back for a third time. How does it feel? Thanks for having me. Um, It feels great to be supporting my best friend, doing her, pursuing her passions and, um, you know, having a podcast. So it's pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you. So for those who haven't listened to the first episode on season one or the Fam Fridays recently, explain to them who you are. Well, my name is Diane Pajo. Last name is spelled P-A-J-O. Um, I have a music YouTube channel. I've had that since I was like 12. <laughs> um, and I also am a, a personal trainer. I am certified through ACE. And I work for a lab. So it's, nice. I just do a lot of things. Nice. None of those thing, three things relate, but it's okay. We're going to get into that. That's exactly yeah. why we're doing this episode. So I know it's broad, but what are you passionate about and why are you passionate about it? I'm passionate about, uh, that, that's, that's a hard question. I, I, I'm passionate about music. I'm passionate about health and fitness, but I'm mostly passionate about um, learning new things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I have so many different interests because when I pursue something to its entirety, I kind of transition into like wanting to learn something else and add on to my skill set. Mm. And I was watching, um, I think I mentioned this in another podcast, but I was, I was watching like a TED talk and this, I forgot her name, her girl, this girl was talking about multi-potentialites and how there are just people out there that like to jump from different things. They say, well, you're not going to be, um, you know, um, I forgot what the saying was, something about being a master of uh, everything is, I, I don't know how the saying goes, but essentially if you put your 
um, invest your time and energy into multiple things. You're not going to become an expert at it. But for me, it was like focusing on one thing, trying to uh, learn as much as I could about it, and then jumping to another thing. Mm -hmm. So I started off doing like music, teaching myself how to play guitar. I'd spend hours a day learning that. And then I played the piano. I tried teaching myself piano. And then obviously I would sing simultaneously. And then I got into health and fitness because when I was like 10, 11, um, some kids at, this was the middle school we went to, um, Go Bulldogs. <laughs> uh, they, I, I remember a few kids came up to me and they were like, you gained weight this year. Oh, mm-hmm. well, we, oh you <laughs> have to tell me who they were after the podcast so I can call them out. That's uh, my best friend. them down. <laughs> no. um, so that really stuck with me and that just ignited a fire that I, I just wanted to work out from then on there, uh, you know, moving forward. But I would work out at home by myself. Like we had a garage, we were renting out some house, um, and I would jump rope. I'd do suicide sprints. I'd do push-ups, sit-ups. I was like, I was eleven. <laughs> I was so young, and I, I, I had this drive to like not be called fat anymore. So it was just, and I'm like, did I really gain that significant of weight for you to notice and say something? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I didn't really think about that aspect of it. I just wanted to change something that I didn't like about myself and wanted to pass that on to other people. Right. So, yeah. Um, What else am I passionate about? Just, like I said, learning learning new things. And for the lab that I work for, it's interesting to learn about all the things that they do for healthcare and and managing their their water because we we do data analysis at our – uh, company mm-hmm. and we provide the service of how we can prevent um, any type of waterborne pathogens uh, contaminating their facilities because that could if you think about it that could really put a whole hospital at risk you know their patients that could you know cause lawsuits and all sorts of stuff like that um, but I was always really strong in math and science mm-hmm. and I was always very passionate about um, about that I'd never I never really thought about where I wanted to take that I just know that I want to I wanted to pursue my strong suits in my academics. Right. But still be able to maintain the creative passions that I had. Got you. Got you. So I know that, so right now, so basically you working at the lab, that's your full-time job. Yes. And um, music is more of, of a side passion. Mm-hmm. And then health and fitness, you being a personal trainer, I would say is also a passion, but a side hustle. Yes. Now, you know, this season of the podcast is all about adulthood. And, you know, I'm in the same boat. Boat. I have a full-time job, and then I'm also a certified personal trainer, and then I do a podcast on the side. So we essentially have the same thing going for us, you know? But would you say you're satisfied at this moment in time? Or would you say, you know, you have a lot of work to do to where you want to get to? I think as you evolve in life you continue to create new goals for yourself mm-hmm. um i don't think you could ever really truly be satisfied with where you're at if you're a naturally ambitious person because you accomplish something okay like what's next 
Right. You know, especially if you have that type of personality um, to always have a drive to put your energy towards uh, being productive in a specific like realm, you know. Mm -hmm. So I can't say that I'm satisfied with where I'm at. I, I constantly have goals, but that's also how I like survived all of these setbacks that happened in life is, you know, you have all sorts of things coming at you health wise, family wise, all this, you know, drama finances, but you're constantly combating that with new goals, new strategies. Awesome. Great. So because you have, you know, these three professions, what are some ways that, or some steps that you take to feel satisfied in each? Um, these are these are really great questions because <laughs> it's so complex. Uh, the steps that I take to make sure that I'm satisfied in each is making sure that I'm always challenging myself. So if I feel with my my personal training um, with my clients, if I feel like I'm lacking with my communication with them, um, strike up that conversation sometimes. And me like being uh, kind of kind of like a socially awkward or like anti-social person mm-hmm. i am a homebody and i like just hanging out i can i can chill by myself um can't relate <laughs> we're total opposites um being able to have that conversation and the re- reward it gives me and having that uh that gratitude to have that opportunity to help someone is always the bigger thing that i think about um that allows me to stay satisfied. If I can see that I'm making a difference in someone's life, that's um, that's all. It's all worth it. And then with music, it's weird because it comes in waves. Like with creativity, I feel like you can't um, can't force it. You can't force it. So if I'm feeling unmotivated or uninspired for a certain period of time, I'm not gonna try to go in there and be like, okay, let me just try to play the song and. Sometimes it'll be like, I, okay, I'll just play around on the guitar or whatever, and then, or I hear a song and I'm like, I want to try singing this with 100% energy. Um, it kind of strikes that inspiration to continue playing or to learn a new song, but it's, it's been so like wavering. So with that, that's something that I'm currently struggling with, to stay satisfied with doing my music. That's why I was booking shows back to back, because even though like that anxiety was just so heavy on me, all the way up to the show having that show being able to just do my thing on stage you just go into this like surreal state Mm -hmm. and then afterward being able to provide that entertainment to people is also a reward in itself so that's what satisfies me in that sense got you yeah i like how god damn it is out so many technical difficulties today this never happened with Anna and them um so I like how you know with your strings of income that it seems like with being a personal trainer it's all about helping people and then being a musician it's your own satisfaction and then with working at the lab it's more so being a professional and you're literally mixing your passion and your professionalism. And I admire that. I think that's really cool that you can not only have a nine to five job, but you can also, hey, you know what? I love helping people. I use fitness to motivate myself and to um, better change my mindset and my security. Um, and then you're over here playing music 
because you're good at it, so why not perform for people? Right. Um, and I, I think that's awesome. And what what made you click to become a YouTuber musician, and what made you click to become a personal trainer? Because I know you you knew you were good at singing, but what made you say, you know what, I'm gonna start a YouTube? Twelve year old minds, I swear. <laughs> um, I did not understand the potential that YouTube had at the time because it was kind of like at the the cusp of its verge. So like with Smosh, for example, um, oh or gosh, like I Shane, yeah, like Shane Dawson, or like PewDiePie, or Jenna Marbles. Um, I I didn't understand like what effect or impact that had on society like being able to just use that social that platform um to reach a lot of people i just thought of it as like this is gonna be my personal diary and i'm gonna sing something and i'm gonna watch it back i don't i i honestly don't know (laughs) where that logic came from that stream of thinking just is beyond me like i was i'm like okay i'm just gonna share it with like a couple people here and there and I didn't anticipate anything to happen. It was it was more so for my personal use mm. and for maybe like people like you, my friends to just watch and get a kick out of, but right. I didn't expect it to go the way that it did. Right. Awesome. So for those of you who don't know, Diane, because of her YouTube, how many hits did No Diggity get, that cover get? I think it has uh it has over a million views right now. Okay. But that was from like a while ago. Right. But building a platform on YouTube is hard. It and is. building clientele as a personal trainer is also hard. What is what is the hardest part of building, you know, followers, subscribers and clientele? Consistency. Mm. Especially because social media platforms today involve so much algorithm analytics, right. understanding your audience. It's it has a lot to do with um, digital marketing. And advertising and understanding, you know, who you're presenting this to, things like tagging things on on Instagram, what you're tagging on YouTube, that, that you know, that algorithm is how you kind of generate the recommended videos or whatever. Um, for me, I think trying to get exposure with my covers was about timing. So No Diggity got over a million views because I, I put out that cover, I think it was a few weeks after Pitch Perfect came out. And they revived mm, that song. Smart. I, but I, there was no tactic. It, oh, there was really? no tactic behind it. I it Dang. was just I got lucky with the timing. You know, so they came out, they, everyone's like, oh, that that cool riff off they did. And it was no diggity. And then they look back and they're like, oh, look at covers of this, you yeah. know? And so that's kind of how I, you know, went up there. Um, and then I started to kind of diversify the genres that I was, you know, doing covers of. And my feel good ink cover has half a million views. Um, by the gorillas because there's rapping. I'm playing like the bass line and then I'm playing the guitar and the chorus and singing. Mm-hmm. So being able to show my uh, versatility and my skill set was helpful. You know, just having the, the talent, I guess, um, but also being consistent with what you're posting. Then my challenge came to be covers or uh, originals, being able to put out originals because people were just asking for years for it. And then with personal training, um, holding myself accountable and that's how you kind of maintain consistency on, on posting things on, on my Instagram. Um, just being able to work out 
on a consistent basis showing my progress to be able to share as a personal testimony to my clients and potential clients um, and tagging the right things. That's right. just pretty much how you gain exposure. Networking, reaching out True. to people, being comfortable with connecting with people that you have mutual connections with to open that door, even if you haven't met in person, that, that has a lot um, to do with your, I guess, your audience reach. Right. So I guess I want to get next into, now you don't have a degree, okay? But here's the thing. Given what's going on right now in 2020 during this pandemic, that literally does not matter. And can you go into going a little bit off of the professional part or off the passion part more into the professional part? You still have a great job with a good salary, with hella benefits, Mm -hmm. without a degree. There's so many people who have this mindset where... I don't have this piece of paper that say that says that I went to class for four years. I'm not going to get a high-paying job. Mm. Bullshit. Right. Bullshit. Yep. So what kept you motivated to keep pushing for a job that you are satisfied to get, qualified to get? Um, like, what kept you, what kept pushing you? Because, you know... Some people who don't have degrees, they're in this mindset where they're just, oh, I'm just going to not do anything with my life. I'm not worth it. And I, I, in America, we really need to change that yep, stigma. Yep. We I really need to change it. A thousand percent agree. Um, what kept me pushing was just the need to have an income because I provide for myself and I support myself. I've been supporting myself since I was 16, 17. Um, not on bad terms with like my family or anything, but rather just for my own sake, um, my own personal growth and health. Um, that's, I, you know, took the initiative to do that. And Mm -hmm. I started working full time for, um, you know, I think, yeah, I, I started off working full time in logistics and it was just like a receptionist job. And I was open to work full time, make the money that I needed to pay rent. It started Mm -hmm. off with just that. And then it developed into understanding how I was liking the job, how I felt like my, you know, personality was a little bit, um, or my interests were were very different from what the company, uh, or what industry that company was a part of. I felt like this isn't something I see myself being in long-term. It was just a temporary thing. That's where I started seeking out other opportunities for Mm -hmm. what I thought I would go to school for, like the medical field. I thought I wanted to go to school for um, either like nursing or something or doing something, uh, you know, like a sonographer or a radiologist, something along those lines to provide for the healthcare industry. Um, so I started applying and then I got the position to work as like a coordinator. Um, or it started off as just like, again, reception and also scheduling for interviews for candidates. I got to be the first voice that a the state's largest healthcare network, um, you know, I got to present that, represent that. I'd be the first person they speak to from that organization and really establish that, um, the culture of the organization. Mm -hmm. So that I really enjoyed. Um, You know, again, things happen in life, things change. You have to adjust. You have to be able to be flexible and deal with um, that adversity. But I figured, okay, well, now I'm starting to think about specifically 
what in this industry I wanted to do. And I realized that my str- my strengths were definitely in um, psychology, communication, being able to understand people, different personalities, um, how we can connect in the workplace. Um, so I figured, well, maybe um, I should try a different position in the organization to see if this is something I want to do. You know, and I was also even thinking uh, going into clinical psychology, maybe working in therapy because I've had such a extensive background on being a first-hand witness of mental disorders and I figured if I try this position I'm going to you know get my education and so on didn't work out I wasn't happy I didn't like it so I changed it um I did what I needed to do to make sure that my health was first and that means both mental and physical health right it started to wear down on me and I wasn't the same person Um, and I needed to do something about it. So at that point, I kind of, I was looking, uh, for any type of position that was outside of the healthcare network, just again, to keep my income going because I needed to support myself. And then fortunately I found a position where I was working with autistic kids. So, um, that was more into the field that I was considering getting my education in. I tried working for, as a behavior tech, being able to work with these children, um, doing intensive uh, therapy for them at home. And I also started to realize, I don't think this is for me. And you start to realize that that's the huge stigma with, you know, I need to get my degree so I can do this. How do you know you want to do that Mm. without going into the field? You know, and I think that's so important for people to understand is, yes, getting your education is important, but I also think there needs to be you know, you have shadowing, you have interning, you have all these things, but you don't truly understand until you're put in that situation where we're hiring you for the long term. Once that sets in your mind, having to commit to that field, to that position, you start to think about like, is this really what I want? You know, is, is this what I'm happy about? Mm-hmm. And so at that point, you know, and of course, <laughs> this is when my mom got sick. Uh, they still don't know what's going on with her. Um, that's when I had to pull out of school. I had to leave that job. And I had. that's when I went back into um, working for a boxing club just to make money, whatever, um, something I was passionate about. So cool, great. I still didn't see myself making that a career. And so I wanted to keep them separate. I wanna still be able to utilize my professional skills in a professional setting. Not to say that it isn't professional, but it was more um, in the environment that was best for me. Like, you know, um, that was my background and that's exactly what I did. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to look for companies that I feel have a very good culture, very good environment and they're nurturing. And that's exactly what I found. Mm -hmm. So now, and, and also because I wanted to get my degree somewhere in, in science, whether it's healthcare or, um, actually getting like, you know, going into biology or microbiology or chemistry, whatever, um, I still want to be able to utilize my academic and professional strengths in the business setting and be able to understand that whole world and, and, you know, um, entrepreneurialism, entrepreneurship, whatever people... Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They, you know, I think it's important to keep your passions your passions, Mm -hmm. not let it turn into something that becomes a job. 
Say that one more time for the people. Say it louder for the people in the back. Keep your passions your passions. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, and that's most of the time people can they, they view it as like, oh, well, if you're doing what you love, you never have to work a day in your life. I'm like, well, you have to understand that when you are, you know, like you think you're truly passionate and like long term about something. Some people are. A lot of the time people get sick of it, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was the situation I was put in. I don't want to be put in that situation. So I, I try to find that balance. Um, I don't want to kill my my love for for music or for fitness and health. Right. Um, some people, like I said, people are different. You just have to figure out what's best for yourself. That's true. And that's the whole point about adulting. It's all trial and error. Yes. Like you switching with all these jobs and trying to, trying to figure out which one is the right fit for you. Um, and who knows if you're going to stay at this long forever. And, that, and that's okay if you do or if you don't. Right. Because it's all trial and error. Absolutely. And I think that's something that people need to get past or kind of get in their head is it's okay to have to leave a job to go take care of yourself and to figure out what you need to do. Um, Like in my head, I was always taught, well, you know, it looks really bad if you quit and this, this, and this, you can't use them as a reference, whatever. You will figure it out. If it, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, you're going to figure it out. And that's the people are afraid of that. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of getting out of their comfort zone and, and you know, leaving like toxic situations right. to do what they need to do. Right. I feel like there's such a focus on failure and not so much a focus on growth. But in order to grow you have to fail. Yes. You know? I always use this analogy construction. Ugly house, gotta tear it down in order to build a new one. Right. I use that analogy all the time. So if there's anybody who is listening who is struggling with your career or struggling to find your passion or struggling to figure out, can I even make money from my passion? It's okay to figure that out. But I'll tell you this right now, you're going to fail. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. I say it, I probably say it every single episode of this podcast and I'll say it over and over again because we need that ingrained in our heads and get the stigma out of saying that we can control every single factor of our lives because we, we can't. We can only control the controllables, but outside circumstances, that's not up to us. It's always Something is always going to set you back. And that's what, you know, um, that's, that's the struggle that I kind of had for a while is like, okay, well, I want to be able to just, you know, be able to have control over this, whatever, but... Things will just always come your way. Mm-hmm. It's not going to stop. Yeah. Um, but what you said about fearing failure, um, <clears throat> I just posted that picture recently of my first fight last year around this time. And my caption was, um, it is so much more valuable to learn every aspect of your failure than it is to just not even try at all. True. That's Very that's true. that's how I felt like and it to compare it to like boxing for example when um, especially with with my boyfriend telling me yeah <laughs> um, you're gonna get hit mm-hmm. and you can't be afraid to get hit in order to get on the inside and be able to throw same thing with anything that you apply to in life you have to you know face those failures in order to figure out what needs to change and what plan you need to come up with be to, in right. order to be able to be successful. Right. No matter what you choose to do. Right. 
So on let's un, let's unpack growth. Are there any areas of growth that you need to work on in regards to your music, to you know personal training, to your work ethic, um, at your full time job? Every area. Yeah. <laughs> There's always room for growth for every area. I feel like um, if you're not growing you've become complacent and stagnant it's very stagnant <laughs> you don't you don't improve at all and you're not you're not going anywhere mm-hmm. um for me i feel like with music i just need to i need some refresher to be able to spark that inspiration again to be mm-hmm. able to just write originals i've always struggled for a long time with not feeling uh with not feeling validated in my my feelings enough to be able to say i'm confident enough that this is what i'm feeling this is what I'm proud of, I'm going to put it out. I always pull back from that. So that's mm-hmm. something I feel like I can most definitely work on and have more confidence in. It, it takes time. And that's another thing people need to understand. Those things take time. You know, to learn that even when you are dealing with your failures, you have to, uh, you don't necessarily have to like jump up right away and be like, oh yeah, okay. That oh was, yeah, definitely. You know, whew, whatever. No, you have to take the time to just sit and think about it you know Mm -hmm. marinate everything that went wrong and you know take your time yeah you know um but with like health and fitness i i definitely feel like i'm constantly evolving with you know with my fighting um with being able to get back in shape uh weightlifting you always have to start by creating goals that are achievable short term and then be able to have the long term yes dream so a lot of people they can't differentiate aspirations from goals yes aspirations is what you want to achieve down the line eventually but there how do you achieve your aspirations well you got to set goals not only long-term goals but short-term goals i think that's what people struggle with the most Mm -hmm. they have this giant vision in their head, but they have no idea how they're going to get there. Exactly. Which I remember, like, Jennifer Lopez had an interview, and she was like, yeah. What? I said (laughs) bae. She looks great for her age. Um, She was saying, like, well, I don't know. I mean, I had these jobs, and I just never showed up because I was always dancing and singing, and I just knew I was going to be a star. And I'm like, some people, I swear. Damn. (laughs) Uh, us it's like okay j-lo what steps did you take (laughs) you can't just be saying that yeah right (laughs) getting my hopes up (laughs) so yeah no that's a lot of that's that's a huge thing that people don't realize needs that they need to sit down and actually think about is what are your short-term goals what are you going to accomplish in the next like you know five years yeah one year Mm -hmm. next two three four five six months right the week (laughs) Meal planning's a thing, you know, like on Sunday, I'm thinking about, okay, what am I going to, how am I going to switch this up? You know, Mm -hmm. that's the first step to being able to achieve your fitness goals, right? Yeah. Understanding your, your macros and making sure that you're um, being aware and conscious of it. And, um, it starts off with a little thing, something as little as, okay. And this, this applies to some people out there, which is okay. And you have to be okay with it. Drinking water. Like staying hydrated. Mm-hmm. That's that's something people actually make a goal for uh, the day. You know, that's that it starts with little things that develop into um, regular habits to where you're disciplined enough to know that even though I'm tired or I'm lazy, I'm going to drink my water today. Right. You know, 
And it starts to build that foundation of positive, like, culture in your life. Mm -hmm. And being able to be productive. Right. Starts with the little stuff. Very true. Very true. So uh, what advice would you give somebody who is, I know you've given a lot of advice throughout this episode, but anything that we haven't touched on, what would you give somebody who is struggling with their passion or struggling um, with their professionalism in a career right now? With, well, I think you need to take some time for self-care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you feel like you are struggling with, um, with your creativity or whatever your passions are, if you're struggling with you know, professionalism or the workplace, um, you kind of need to take a step back and reflect. Uh, take the weekend off to just do what you feel makes you happy, whether that's sitting on a couch, watching TV and eating some stuff, or going out for a run. Um, taking that time to really reflect, okay, why am I struggling with this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, what can I do to improve? Because for me, the mistake that I made was just being on the run nonstop for years. And that really took a toll on my health. Mm-hmm. So, you yes, you have this, um, you should have that drive and that ambition to just go, go, go. I had like four shows lined up. I had three, three fights back to back. And that destroyed me. <laughs> um, you have to take care of yourself. Uh, but also understanding like, what do you need to do? If you need to like take a step back, be okay with that. And then come up with a plan. I think that's extremely important. If you come up with a plan when you're not like all the way there <laughs> in your head, well, what is your plan? It looks confusing, you know? Right. So I think that's, that's uh, my advice to people who are struggling with their passions. Um, people who are struggling as far as trying to make it somewhere, stay consistent. Don't stop, you know? progress is progress if you're moving forward uh whether it's by little steps or you're you're making big moves great mm-hmm. it's still progress you know um in the workplace i don't know talk to your boss <laughs> <laughs> they can tell you what you need to do yeah right <laughs> slap them <laughs> so i made a i made a graphic video a couple of weeks ago called um Letter to my 14-year-old self or letter to 14-year-old Brie. Now, what would you tell 14-year-old Diane? What would you say to her today as you sit here at 24 years old? Stop being so angsty. Girl, chill. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a really normal thing, though, for for teenagers when your hormones are all over the place. You're just like, why am I so moody? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think you just really need to... Um, just enjoy take your time to enjoy life I was so fixated on getting out of school (laughs) yeah I I, I just want to work and do my own thing right away but then again everyone's circumstances are different yeah like I I had some things going on at home that you know being at home was a struggle being at school was a struggle because I wasn't focused because I was distracted by the things at home so when you're in that situation it's really hard you know Mm -hmm. uh I would say you know be patient Patience, patience, patience. I didn't fully understand that. I'm 24 and I thought I understood what that meant at 14. <laughs> I'm still learning. Yeah, that's exactly what, you know, that's that's something I go through on a daily. Um, having the patience and just 
really truly enjoying the now mm-hmm. i'm constantly thinking about the future what i need to do the, my plans okay well I, I'm, I'm literally writing down in my office like my to-do list for the weekend or the mm-hmm. week and I, sometimes i just need to stop and and just enjoy like right. today was i went to the gym i did great things at work i you know listened to some good music like enjoy you know mm-hmm. bought um, me gauze because i stabbed myself in the hand <laughs> Y'all, I don't belong in the kitchen. I stabbed my hand because I tried to cut some avocado from my eggs. Yeah, the knife one. So that's why my hand is wrapped up. You love to see it. Thank you guys for wrapping up my hand. Appreciate it. True friendship. You're welcome. I was like, Brie, what did you do? At least I'm cooking. You're Gordon Ramsay wannabe. (laughs) Not even close. I have a long, I have a long way to go, my friend. Oh, man. But yeah, awesome. So I think we're just going to wrap up on that. Thank you cool. so much. This is the Thanks third time you're me. on here. Probably going to ask you multiple times <laughs> on multiple seasons. Like because. 20 million things are probably going to happen <laughs> in between then. And I'm going to be like, hey, did you hear what happened when I, this happened? Right. <laughs> Shoot, we should just have an episode just explaining our friendship, like front to back, <laughs> we because should. we have some stories, let me tell you. We really do. But Diane, I love you. Thank you so much. Love I appreciate too. it. Thank you. Awesome. awesome job with your podcast. Y'all should just subscribe and listen and, you know, get the plug. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. That's a wrap. Cool. I'll talk to you later, fam. And that wraps up episode three. Thank you guys so much for listening. If this is your very first time listening to All in the Fam, welcome. You are now a part of the family and you are stuck with me. I kid, I kid. Now, market calendars on Wednesday, August 12th. That is when I will pick the brain of Johanna Gade about her graduate school chronicles and her passion for public health. That's going to be a super interesting conversation. So I hope you guys are going to look forward to that Now, next Wednesday, there will be a video segment posted on Instagram and YouTube about motivation. I will be giving some tips and tricks on how to stay motivated, especially during this damn pandemic. You know, mental health is a number one factor that we all need to check and being motivated to to stay on track is just as important as well. So thank you guys for listening. Now, make sure you head over to YouTube, all these podcasts that you're listening to. They are uploaded to YouTube in video form. So make sure you subscribe, like, and comment. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple iTunes, please follow and rate. The more ratings we have, the more chances this podcast can be broadcasted to many, 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 many people. And what we're saying and talking about is super relevant, especially for us young adults. Also, follow us on Instagram at allinthefam0719. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm your host, Brianna Cherie. I am signing off. Peace.